Well, the big news around here at St. John's is, of course, as Pastor Campbell announced, the uh, rededication concert of our Wicks pipe organ that took place last evening. And it was a glorious re-debut of our nearly 40-year-old organ that served our congregation well for so long. When we start hitting middle age, whether as people or as an organ, things start to kind of break down and you have to address some tune-up issues. And so after a four-month refurbishment and expansion project, our organ is back once again to lead us in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, making melody to the Lord with all your heart. You. Uh, heard it, and you can turn around and see it if you so like. Uh, one new feature is the MIDI recording component, which enables uh, Susan Gobina, our director of music, to uh, press a button, come forward, and receive Holy Communion with the other worship leaders, as she did at the 8 o'clock service, while the organ is playing by itself. Very cool. There was a bit of head flashing and whipping back and forth. How is she doing that? What's going on here? So a new feature that's part of that whole program. So thank you to everyone who made this possible. The total cost for this organ renewal was $75,189, a lot of money. But the organ itself is literally worth hundreds of thousands of dollars even before the renewal project took place. So how much more valuable is it today? not just in terms of dollars and cents financial value, but in terms of its value as the principal instrument that leads us in praising God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You may recall as a congregation late last year, uh, voters of St. John's gave approval to fund the organ refurbishment as well as sanctuary improvements, which were done earlier this year including the painting of the ceiling and new lights. So look at the kind of, uh, this was taken up looking at the choir loft and you can see uh, kind of the before and after. This is the first time since the sanctuaries were dedicated in 1967 that it had been painted and it really, really needed to be painted. So. All good, new uh, lights up in the choir loft, new lights below it as we walk in here. And I want to uh, just share a little bit with you about a good stewardship story in this regard. So the total estimated cost for doing all of this was $120,000. That was our best guess. The grand total for the actual cost came in at $122,000. $143, and I think I have these figures correct. Angie Steens is our Minister of Finance. She's giving me a thumbs up. That is true. So that's pretty good stewardship, that it was just $2,000 over budget, not bad at all. But what is this organ fund? Did you know that our gifted and dedicated director of music has long been at work behind the scenes, quietly, slowly building up this organ fund, honorarium donations received, as well as gifts from generous individuals. All were channeled over quite a number of years into this fund, which at the time the work on the organ was done 
came to $57,000. That's more than two-thirds the overall budget for the organ alone. And that, my friends, is good stewardship. It is faithfulness in all things, including the little things that, truth be told, are not so little. Faithfulness in the small things leads to faithfulness in the big things of life. And so flowing out of Jesus' parable in today's gospel lesson, this becomes the theme for preaching today, faithfulness in all things. May the Lord's rich and abundant blessing rest upon the preaching and the hearing and the living of his word for Jesus' sake. Jesus tells a story about a dishonest business manager. Sounds quite current, doesn't it? Relevant to our own times. We hear about this sort of thing all the time. Embezzlement, misappropriation of funds, cheating, theft. The manager is going to get the boot and be fired, as he rightly should, for his dishonest business dealings. If you look at this image up here, so that's the manager who's got his head hanging like this, and that's his boss who is looking at him with the paper in hand, and you can tell he is not a happy camper. But then that business manager hatches a plan that is so shrewd, so clever, that even the big guy, the man whose money the manager was actually wasting, has to praise him for his ingenuity. And he does it at his own expense. Jesus' words here are very true. The sons of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the sons of light. Jesus' children, his followers, the sons of light, are often perceived as being naive, not very savvy in business dealings, ignorant of how things work in the real world out there. Sometimes that perception is accurate, other times not. The point here is, where are we putting our trust and our confidence in ourselves and our ability to make it rain? Or in the Lord God Almighty, who is the maker and the owner of heaven and earth? Jesus does not mince words here. He says, if then you have not been faithful in unrighteous wealth, who is going to entrust to you the true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which belongs to another, who is going to give you that which is your own? No one can serve two masters. Either he's going to hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. So who or what is it that you are serving? Whose bidding are you doing in life? Much of this, as with much in life, boils down to that first commandment, you shall have no other gods 
before me. And Luther's explanation, which says we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Many years ago, back when yours truly was a college student, I was enrolled in the pre-seminary program at my alma mater, Concordia University in St. Paul, Minnesota, where actually I met my wife, June. We were both in the same class together there at at Concordia St. Paul, and in the pre-seminary program, uh, I and my classmates were required to take the biblical languages of Hebrew and Greek in order to have a richer understanding of the original languages of Scripture and use these as tools to dig deeper into God's Word. What did the original Word mean here in this instance? And as part of our Hebrew learning, we had to take a big exam known as the call test. Uh, call is the basic verbal stem in Hebrew, which indicates active voice. Some passive forms do exist. Uh, this is it, kind of uh, grammar and uh, and. Uh, uh, conjugation in, in every language, but there it is, a picture of it up there. Now, this was a take-home test, mind you, and when our Hebrew professor was handing out the test forms, one of my fellow students, I looked him up just this past week to see if he's still in the ministry, and he is. He's uh, serving out in California. He said, kind of under his breath, but loud enough for everybody to hear, Hey, how do you know we're not going to cheat? <laughs> and I will never forget what the seminary or whether a Hebrew professor said. He said, if I can't trust you with a call test, how can you be trusted to preach and teach God's word? Ooh. Well, you can imagine how quiet the room got you could hear a pin drop in that classroom. And amazingly, yours truly passed that call test. And here I am today. I am in no way a Hebrew or Greek scholar. That would be Pastor Nas, who is here among us today. That is his field, and he's very good in it. But these tools uh, serve pastors uh, well over the years in ministry, and by God's rich grace and with his help, we strive for faithfulness in all things, the big things, but also the small things. Truth is, no matter how much we strive for faithfulness in all things, the end product is going to be imperfect at best. It's going to be stained with our own selfishness and sin. And sometimes despite our best efforts, all of that striving, it ends up a complete and utter mess. And we look at this and we wonder what has happened at the shattered ruins of all of our striving. Thanks be to God, we are not judged by our faithfulness, but according to the faithfulness of Jesus, 
who came to do for us what we could never do for ourselves by his life of perfect obedience to the Father's will, by his innocent suffering and death upon the cross as payment for all of our sins, Jesus has paid the price for us. And through faith in Jesus, all that he has done is now transferred to you and to me. Through the cleansing waters of holy baptism, God claims us as his beloved sons and daughters. Through the body and blood of Christ in the Lord's Supper, we are assured again and again that there is mercy, there is grace to help in time of need. And through the word of God, we discover that God is for us, not against us, and that there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. My friends, something far more valuable than wealth or money is found here. Security, peace, which passes all understanding, knowing who we are because we know whose we are. Jesus called to manage wisely and faithfully things that are not our own serves as prelude to our fall stewardship series next month. It begins two weeks from today that first Sunday in October. And the theme for this series is based on the offertory prayer that we have been using throughout the summer and now into the fall as well. Merciful Father, we offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord, ourselves, our time, and our possessions. All of these things come from the Lord and they belong to the Lord. They're merely on loan to us now in this mortal life until Christ shall come again. And when Christ shall come again on that great and final day, the faithfulness of God's people in all things made perfect through the cleansing blood of Jesus will be revealed for all to see as the Savior will say to his beloved children, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a very little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Thanks be to God. Amen.